The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show. Welcome into the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salango Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church Studio with Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey, and Avon Coburn, the GOAT, as West Virginia drops a heartbreaker as Bob Euchre says in Major League. In Lubbock, Texas, yesterday in front of 56,000 fans, Texas Tech 48, West Virginia 10. So it wasn't quite the heartbreaker that I, uh, that I, I said look, at the top. We was a little bit. We was looking for that 39-point touchdown. Oh, yeah. goodness. Remember the old rock and jock That's what I was thinking games? about. <laughs> you, uh, you, they dropped that 10-point shot yeah, you can hit a 10 pointer we needed that one big time yeah big we, time. we need about three of them four well of them. well that's what you normally do you schedule a team that you know you're gonna beat for homecoming yeah. for homecoming and they destroyed us well was it texas tech's homecoming yeah oh boy they, men- they mentioned it seven times at homecoming <laughs> yeah well we were at the uh ywca's guys night out last night so you know it's hard to kind of focus and hear everything so uh but west virginia drops to three or four on the season one and three in big 12 play now six now sits six and six all time against the Red Raiders, and now is they're three and three in Lubbock, yeah. um, which is kind of shocking because I feel like they every time we've been down there they've rolled us. But uh, three and three in Lubbock, Texas, and then um, I'll tell you. And let me. See, I'm just going to set the tone for this. Yesterday was pathetic. Yeah, pathetic. You are exactly right. Coach. That was that was a complete embarrassment. That's probably the worst game of the Neil Brown era, and that's bad because. He's had some real clunkers, and I mean, yesterday was among the worst. I don't. The only one I can think of that maybe was worse was Missouri in his first year when it was thirty-eight nothing. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was the worst, but because we beat um, uh, Baylor the week before, we just expected so much more. So that to me is why it seemed so terrible. I maybe mean, I don't know. I'll be mean, forty-eight to ten against Texas Tech. Now I know they've beaten they beat West Virginia forty-nine to fourteen one year. But like they're in a first year head coach too. They they struggled. They're kind of similar programs two? in my opinion. Right, we're we're three years in, four years in. Well, they're but they're in a first year coach. Yeah, well, I, sorry, two. I said two. I'm sorry. I apologize. They're no, in a first year not, head coach. Yeah, we're not. Seems like but, that time. But I mean, like you can't go down there and get beat forty eight to ten. There was not one phase of the game played well. Not one. Not special teams. Not offense. Not mm-hmm. defense. Nothing worked right. Nothing went right. The play calling was bad. I thought the preparation was bad. And yesterday was the first time I'll say this year that I th- I felt like the team didn't give a hundred percent effort for sixty minutes. A hundred. I I totally agree with you, especially on defense. They running that counter play and they were just did they what you supposed to go blow that puller up and they were just stopping. I'm like they they are not prepared. I noticed a play when I was sitting and watching in number ninety three for West Virginia. I'm not sure. I don't I hate calling the kids' names out. He was standing there watching the game. He was not even – he was just standing still. Everybody my, – my brother and my father also noticed it. We all three looked at each other and said, what was 93 doing? He was just standing still. He wasn't even moving. He was standing there watching the play unfold. It was, it was terrible. It was a poor effort offensively, defensively. And what was crazy was 
we went into halftime and I said, we're only down 14. I feel like we should be down 28. I felt like it should have been like Texas. Yeah. And I thought, well, all right, maybe we've weathered the storm here and we can come out because we had not done anything offensively up to that point. So yeah. I thought, well, maybe we can get climb back in this thing. And what do they do? They come right out. I think they turn the ball th- over. I thought they went three and out, punted, and then Texas Tech went right down and scored. It, it was just instantly. I just looked back up. I think we were still getting our wings from the best wings in the Valley Contest. <laughs> and the uh, they Texas yeah. Tech's running in the end zone At again. least you were having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they actually they actually referenced that that before the uh, before the game was over. I mean, before halftime. They said, you know, it's not like Texas where they were down 28. They, you know, only down 14, and, and it was – And, you bad. know, I, I, I talk about the play calling. Let me go ahead and, like, elaborate a little bit on what I'm talking about. At the end of the first half, you're down 17-3. to three. You run kind of a jump ball play to Reese Smith. Why is that ball not going to Bryce Ford Wheaton? If you're going to run a jump ball in the end zone, throw it to your tall receiver. Smith's the shortest receiver we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the fourth and ten play where you don't kick a field goal. You opt not to kick a field goal. Okay, fine, you're down 17-3. You don't kick the field goal. You're in range, whatever. But then at the beginning of the second half, you're down 24-3. It's fourth and 15 from like the 42-43, and you punt. What I mean, what's the difference? If you're going to go for it, go for it. There's no point in not taking points. And if you're down 17-6 at halftime instead of 17-3 and you actually come out and move the ball a little bit, you can actually – even if you just kick a field goal, you get within one possession and maybe put a little game pressure on Texas Tech. It felt to me like they just blew our doors off from the start, but we were only down 17-3 at half. And it's still a decent game. Like, you're still in it. You're not out of it. And it was just complete. But, I mean, first possession set the tone. Number two drops an interception. And we've been saying, and after last week going into Baylor, the conversation was for this team to win football games, they're going to have to get turnovers and and capitalize on them. And the ball hit Texas Tech, put the ball on the carpet, what three or four times, yeah. and and there was a pick that we dropped. We didn't take advantage yeah. of it. We didn't capitalize on anything. And again, I'm still, it's still crazy to me. We were only down 14. That's what, and you could have been closer because, like I said, you turned the ball over in the red zone at the end of the half when you threw the pick, and you didn't take the field goal. I mean. I always take the points. Like, if it would have been fourth and two, I could have understood a little more. But it was fourth and ten, and you're at the 29. Take the points. It's a first half. A lot can happen in the second half. A lot did happen, just not for West Virginia, I guess. That's the best motive. Yeah, um, and and not to call out the kid, but JT Daniels was probably – that's probably the worst game I've seen him play. <laughs> he progressively keeps going down and down and down every week. And I mean, he was 20 – listen to this. He was 20 – he was 23 or 36. He didn't even have 200 yards. That means they were not connecting on anything deep. The touchdown he threw was a great play by Ford Wheaton to come back for the ball. He threw an interception up the sidelines that was to Ford Wheaton that if it had been thrown further was a touchdown. Right. The ball he threw to Sam James, and I want to credit Sam James. He did. He played fantastic yesterday. Let me give credit right, to that kid because we've been critical of him. And he, he caught that one ball they overturned. He caught that ball. That was a great catch by him. He didn't right. drop anything. But uh, everything was – it looked like it was underthrown. That was like when they were going downfield vertically. Absolutely. Everything was underthrown and everything was getting picked off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And defensively, I mean, those guys were just – at the end of it, they had to be gassed. They were out there for 100 plays. I mean, Jeez. we just – yeah, they, they were out there for 100 plays, 34 minutes. At one point, Texas Tech was like 6-6 six six on fourth down. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that, at that point, they had more yards than, than we – on fourth down, they had more yards than we had total. <laughs> Yeah, did you did you all notice the fourth and one play when they threw the little like swing pass to the running back? West Virginia's defensive backs were like seven yards off the line of scrimmage on fourth and one. Yeah, I mean it was just total 
chaos. Nothing, was, nobody looked prepared. That nah. was probably the most unprepared football team I've seen. Kansas was worse. In my opinion, Kansas was worse. I don't think they were that unprepared because I don't – we nobody knew what you, you don't, defensively. Well, they didn't make an adjustment. Nobody knew what they were getting with Jalen Daniels at that point in the season. I mean, we had seen him, but we hadn't seen him yet. And with all the new guys, it was still super early. But um, yeah, I mean, they were they were unprepared for Kansas. But yesterday was a total joke. <laughs> that was that was it was bad, man. And and it just it just says where we are right now. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's let's look at the numbers of Neil Brown. I know he's, you know, people are going nuts on Twitter, but we're going to take a look at some of the numbers and discuss his future at West Virginia. And we'll do all that after this. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. This is the sound of a rodent escaping from your mousetraps. This is the sound when you see them running in your home. Did you know, for every rodent you see, there could be hundreds you don't. There could be one in your kitchen cupboard, another under the fridge. Chances are, you don't want to know where the rest are hiding. Since 1963, Alford Home Solutions has been the local name you trust for pest control service. For a free estimate, visit AlfordHomeSolutions.com. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salango Law. I'm Anthony Lewis. And don't forget, if you enjoy the show, go over and find the Touchdown City Show on your favorite podcast platforms, and you can listen to us anytime in our midweek drops that we have with uh, Major Harris and Avon Coburn. And also, find us on social media and follow us over there. All right, kids, of course... It's been going on since Kansas and actually coming into the season. But uh, Neil Brown, if 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 his seat was any hotter, he'd be in hell. Well, you're telling us to trust the climb, right? And yeah. wh- what did you say about trusting the climb? Well, I feel like I'm climbing and I'm climbing and somebody's pulling my shorts down. Man, that is, that is, From that is terrible, man. And it, it's so hard to... To not want this guy gone, but what do you? I mean, we're twenty million in a hole. We can't. We it's it's a. I'm past the point of wanting to fire him because we can't. Well, I can. Here, let me give you some. Uh, what's his overall record at West Virginia? Twenty and twenty-two. Throw out the four FC, FCS wins. He's sixteen and twenty-two. Throw out Kansas. He's thirteen and twenty-two. But I'll even give him Kansas sixteen and twenty-two. That is horrible. I'm sorry. He needs to go. I don't care how much money it costs. Sixteen million dollars. While it sounds like a lot. There's a lot of people up at that view that have that kind of money. It's twenty million dollars. It's not twenty it's million, not sixteen, 16 million. until. Listen, you can go collect it in the blue lot at this point because I know people are going to donate. <laughs> go All right, fund I think, me. Go fund me. Get rid of Neil Brown and fire look, Neil Clown. And and I like Neil. I like Neil. He seems like a great dude, but he is. I mean, it's just not working here. He may he may be a a non power five coach. He might be a coordinator. That's fine. But he is showing right now. He's in over his head. This is year four. You can't lose forty-eight to ten to Texas Tech. You just can't do that. I mean, 
it's inexcusable what we've seen week in, week out. It's the same mistakes over and over and over. When is enough enough? I mean, TCU's coming to town next. If they come in and do the same thing, I mean, what do you like? Where are we going? Where's the climb going? It looks it, uh, we're not climbing Mount Everest. We're climbing the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve is like good, but it's not great. It's good this year with a bunch of good teams. Nobody's great. This was a year that like you could have actually competed for the title. So I had a friend of mine that I spoke to and <laughs> talking to him about it. He's like, man, is there any jobs out there? I'm like, we might have one coming up. And I was telling him about our defensive coordinator. And he was like, you know what? Your friends will get you fired. Your friends will 100% get you fired. Yes, and I, was will. Like, I was like, man, you know what? That defensive coordinator is is his friend. And, you know, he he's going to he's gonna get a nice uh, – Neil Brown potentially get a nice payoff. But, you know, I don't know if he's going to ever get another shot if he doesn't win – and here's the thing. I mean, I get being loyal to your coaches. Those are your guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were a coaching staff, I would definitely be loyal oh, yeah. to you guys to a point. But at the same time, I got I got kids to feed, and that $4 million <laughs> ain't going as far as it used to go. Right, so I'm going right. to need for you to go find a new job, although we're friends. I'll see you at Christmas. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing about it is loyalties hurt a lot of coaches. We've seen it. Right. Uh, we saw it with, with Bill yeah. Stewart. And we saw it with Dana Holgerson, and now we're seeing it with Neil Brown. And he's got to make some changes. And they warned him last year, and he made some. But it's there's some more changes that either need to be made, and I'm basically saying that he's it's time for him to go. He's the change that needs well, to happen, huh? Well, what I was going to say is what change can he make to improve the team? There's no change, in my opinion, that's going to help going into next year. Let's be honest. Let's look ahead to next year. You're 0-1. You're going to Happy Valley. He can't win on the road. He hasn't beat anybody on the road other than TCU and Kansas State. You go out and you look. If you think it's tough to play at Texas Tech, wait till they get to Happy Valley where there's 100,000 fans and they're going to be reared up and ready to go next year. You're 0-1. I mean, already. I'll go ahead and say it right now. They'll lose by 30. <laughs> well, damn. I mean, well, darn, buddy. I mean, so so, so along those lines, man, uh, you're right. We, we don't win. We don't win on the road. Um, Neil Brown, what what do we do? I, I think he does have to bring in a whole new defensive staff. That right there will change the game. I mean, it's going to be really, really tough for him because we're going to lose probably one of the best quarterbacks we had since since Geno or or um, who's it, who's at the power? Will Greer. Will Greer, yeah. And replacing him with with a guy that's you know he they should have put in another guy. As opposed to putting in, I'd have put in Crowder. Right, I'd have put in Crowder yesterday. I'm sorry, but I mean, overall though, when you're looking at it, like okay, even if he gets a new defensive staff, yesterday West Virginia scored ten points. They go hold the offenses to nine. I mean, it's it's, 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 a, it's a collective. Yeah, it's a but co- you know, you know why we scored ten points because they ran the ball on us at will. It's Who true. runs the ball on? That was that's well, demoralizing when that is your yeah. staple. Well, three three also three turnovers when you have the ball and you give it away. I mean, there were underthrows. Now nah, that's on the player. I will say that's on the player. But the thing is, is like every week it seems like there's a different issue, and there was there's always the false start out of a dead ball. That's a given. That's, that's, that's going to happen. It's game. happening every game. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm going to really boil this down. I'm pissed because this team was unprepared again. Again. In year four. Again. And I'm not saying like, oh, they caught us by surprise. We knew they were going to go fast. We knew they were going to, the way they were going to play. They've gone for it on fourth down over and over and over all year. I mean, and the, our the, guys were stand, our defensive linemen were standing up looking for calls. Yeah. I mean, it was just, just, it was complete disaster. I mean, and, and we've seen it before. He's been blown out like, okay, Missouri got him in 2019. 
Iowa State got him in 2020. Texas got him this year. Uh, Texas Tech got him this year. Oklahoma got him one year. I can't remember. Somebody blew West Baylor last year on the first play of the game. Remember, they go oh, yeah. 80 yards for a touchdown. He's getting blown out in some of these games, and that's a lack of preparation. Like, I understand West Virginia is a tough job. I'm not trying to say that it's not. But you know what? Texas Tech's a tough job, too. Their coach just blew West Virginia out of the water. Kansas is a tough job. He's in year two. Whether he would, if they lose out, they still improve by three victories this year. They finished five and seven. They were two and ten last year. And he gets a pass because he lost his. And he exactly. There's there's so much wrong with West Virginia's program. And it, I mean, I don't. It, hey, it starts hey, with Neil Brown. I mean, actually, that's just the way it you is. You probably need to take a step up. You need to start looking at the AD. That's his guy. That's his guy. And and that's and I mean, if we're going to talk, the buck stops here. Yep. Yeah, it stop. It stops. It starts with Neil Brown. But you take another step up. He's the one that paid him all the money. If West Virginia finishes three and nine, and you retain Neil Brown, what are you telling the fan base? Basically, four trust eight, the climb. Even even four and eight or five and seven. <laughs> even four four and eight or five and seven. I don't care what happens. You just lost forty eight to ten. That's embarrassing, and it's not. I, I, there's no excuses for this. I'm sorry, I like Neil, but he needs to go. $16 million or not, they need to come up with it and get rid of him. You need to get your checkbook out there. Yeah. If, I, if I had $16 million, I'd pay it. I, I mean, I, I listen, everything you guys have said here, I totally agree with. Um, it's time for a change, in my opinion, as as just a, a fan and doing this show. He's a good dude. I mean, I like Neil. I, I like him. He says all the right things. He's a great guy. I want him to be successful really bad, but it's just, I mean... How long? How long? Do, how long do we wait? We're going to give him ten years. So ten years from now, oh well. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I, of course, we'll see what happens next week. Next week's the kind of week where they'll come out and they'll beat TCU. <laughs> I mean, you just never know with these Neil Brown football teams. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, Michael Sussman will join us with his report from Lubbock, Texas, and we'll be back after this. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. Hey guys, it's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're going to be a dad? What? No. It's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. (laughs) You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size exclusions apply. Delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app. These may apply. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code LETSGO for 20% off WVU apparel at at bestmastertailor.com. Text the guys questions or comments at 304-9696-TDC. That's 304-9696-TDC. Hello, it's Michael Sussman here with this week's Touchdown City Game Recap brought to you by Salango Law. It was an ill-inspiring performance from the Mountaineers in Lubbock Saturday as West Virginia fell to Texas Tech 48-10. With the loss, WVU falls to 3-4 overall and 1-3 in conference play. Here's a frustrated head coach, Neil Brown, postgame. Not a whole lot to say. That was complete domination. Um, Probably as disappointed as I've ever been as a football coach in my entire career, especially in the second half. 
Um, we go into half 17 to three, and and I thought we'd kind of weathered the storm there offense there with their offense. Um, and I thought we played about as bad as we could offensively, but we showed that we can actually play worse in, in the second half. This, this team's just been a roller coaster. Uh, we played really well against a, a really good football team last week in Baylor and uh, won the game. And then we played about as bad as we possibly can play the game of football today. West Virginia's offense put on its worst performance of the year, turning the ball over four times and gaining just 282 yards. Offensively, we were just bad. Bad. We didn't play well at any position. We never gave our team a chance. Never. Four turnovers, um, two of them on balls we just got taken away from us. Didn't protect well up front. Receivers were a non-factor in the game. West Virginia's defensive line was defeated at the point of attack all afternoon, giving up one sack and seven TFLs. Mountaineer center Zach Frazier on some of the miscues. I, th I think Texas Tech played a very good game. Like you said, we never got going on offense. You know, that's very disappointing. I don't think we ever put a whole drive. We, we put one drive together. Other than that, we just couldn't finish, whether it was, you know, little things, little mistakes. You got to have all 11 guys on the same page. And the execution on the defensive side wasn't much prettier with the Mountaineers giving up 594 yards on 103 plays. You know, defensively, to be fair, I mean, you're going to look at the numbers and say, oh, well, they, yeah, but, I mean, it's not, it's, it's tough to even evaluate them because they had to go and play after four turnovers. The results are what it are because they had to play 34 minutes in the game in 100 and some plays. And then they were more physical than us. They moved the pile all night. And a lot of that has to do, you know, they did a good job running, but our pad level and our, we tackled high all, all, all day. Texas Tech gashed WVU on the ground as the Red Raiders' stable of running backs toted 239 yards and three touchdowns. We got to do a better job challenging it, you know, and, and honestly I thought we had a plan coming in and we just didn't, we didn't do a good enough job setting the edge. You know, like we were right down the middle in those perimeter blocks and they're bigger than we are um, and they consumed us. And we got to pick an edge and go down and set the edge and then we've got to pursue from the inside. And for another week, the Mountaineer secondary was a no-show, allowing Texas Tech freshman quarterback Baron Morton to go for 325 yards and three TDs through the air. Mountaineer defensive back Aubrey Burks was the team's leading tackler with 10, and here's what he had to say about some of the breakdowns on the back end. Um, we know different teams will try to beat us in um, different ways, like, like you said, uh, shifts and motions to see where we're in to get us out of our base defense. Um, Texas Tech, they was really good with tempo. Uh, we knew that coming into the game. At times, you know, was slow, like, communicating on the back end. And, you know, we miscommunicated some plays out there. But, you know, we got to make corrections tomorrow and move on. West Virginia was on its heels schematically as well, finding no answers for Texas Tech's up-tempo offense. Yeah, um, our play call for this week, it was really basic because we knew that we couldn't call a lot because of the tempo. We knew we had to get lined up fast. And, you know, it Minimal play calls, you know, it's, it's easy for offense kind of to pick, pick and poise where they want to go with the ball. But, you know, as far as that's not no excuse for the back end or the whole defense, you know, at times we didn't play hard, we didn't play with a lot of effort. With the game well out of reach in the second half, Neil Brown went deep into his bench searching for answers. Here's, here's the deal, man. You got to play. You got to play. Like, that's part of the frustrating part of the second half. That's why we ended up just playing a bunch of those freshmen in the second half. If you looked at it, we just played a bunch of those freshmen. I wanted people that were eager. You know, I thought we had a wide eye about us, which I don't understand. I, I, I do not understand that. 
you know, we probably could have kept the score down some by not playing them. But my whole deal is, is they were eager and they and and they were they were trying to do what we were coached to do. And with a matchup against the undefeated TCU Horned Frogs on deck, Coach Brown needs to see consistent effort from a team that was totally dismantled on Saturday. I'll tell you this, there has to be held accountable to it because there's a lot of things that, that we can tolerate, but not playing hard is not one of them. And there, if it were people weren't didn't play hard, their ass won't play next week. I can promise you that. And from the Texas Tech side, the Red Raiders will go to 4-3 and three overall and 2-2 two and two in conference. Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire postgame. Just a complete game, you know, this tonight from our team. Um, four turnovers. It was really good to, to get that going. You know, we've been talking about it. You know, y'all hear me talk about it every week. And, and um, you know, we uh, to get four of them, you know, really kind of dictates the score that we had because of, you know, limiting their opportunities. And that's just how these guys are. You know, they, they play for each other. They play so hard for each other. And, uh, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. This has been Michael Sussman with this week's Touchdown City Game Recap brought to you by Salango Law. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. It's our liquidation event at Todd Judy Ford. We have just repriced 97 vehicles below market value for immediate liquidation. We have cars, trucks, and SUVs in all price ranges available immediately. And you can start the process right from your phone. Just go to our website or Facebook page to chat with our team. We can send you a link to appraise your own trade using Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, and we can send you an application for financing. And financing is available for all credit types. Just go to ToddJudyFord.com and see for yourself. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. And I know that we do a lot of football talk on this show, but it's that time of year. Basketball season's getting kicked up, so I thought it would be appropriate to get our friend Coach Billy Hahn on the phone to talk WVU basketball, Coach Hogs, and all the new guys on the WVU roster. Coach, how you been? Doing great, Anthony. Doing absolutely fantastic. Um we haven't talked for a while, so I want to get your reaction to uh, your buddy, Coach Huggins. He's finally a Hall of Famer. He did the whole deal. He's he's officially a Hall of Famer. What uh, what's your reaction to that when you saw that when you got to watch the ceremony? Yeah, I mean, I'm so happy for him. Number one, number two, I think it's overdue, and number three, to hear his acceptance speech was absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I thought uh, he did a great job and represented himself and represented the university uh, and his family well uh, during the induction. It was it was pretty cool to see him up there, you know, and he goes in with Thorne and, and West and, you know, he, they can't ever take that away from him. They can say what they want, but he's always a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. So well, this Disappointing thing on my part was I was planning on going to the ceremony in Springfield and 
I couldn't make it because my my mother-in-law passed away. Oh. I was all set to go, and then that happened, so I couldn't make it. So that was the only disappointing thing, the whole thing. I I really wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, a lot of things happening over at the basketball facility. Uh, A guy that I know that you hold in high regards, um, Coach Eric Martin, is taking a position at South Carolina State. Um, how do yeah. you think, how do you know when you heard he was going to go and get a coaching position? I know you've you've um, you've tooted his horn before, and you're a big fan of his. So, what I, was- I think I think he'll do great. I'm so happy for him. Uh, if he goes down there, which I think he will, I think he will eventually win. It might not be this year, but I think he's going to win and turn that program around and have a lot of success there. If that happens, when Huggy Barry retires, I think they have to look, they'll look at Eric Martin to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's – I've had that conversation with a few people, and we've talked about it before, you know. What's right. – you know, obviously Coach isn't – Coach Huggins isn't going to be there forever, um, and <laughs> there will be a day where someone has to come in and um, – you know, we've we've kicked around a few names, and Eric Martin would be one of those guys that they would have to t- take a close look at. No doubt about it. Speaking of head coaches, one of your guys, and uh, Joe Mazzulla. How about that with the Celtics? Is that a great story or what? Yeah, got his first got his first head coaching victory last Tuesday night against the Seventy Sixers. They drenched him in the locker room afterwards. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. I did. Yeah, that- it was unbelievable. I I talked to him and text him all the time. He's undefeated. He hasn't lost yet. Yeah, I believe they're three and zero at this very second. That's correct. They are three and zero. Won every game, and he has a unbelievable demeanor about him. He's so calm, cool, collected on the sideline. Unlike when he played, you know, he's just absolute when he when he played. <laughs> you know, he was a hard nosed, scrappy, all out guy when he played. Can't believe it's the same guy. Yeah, I guess it's the same guy. So you may have some uh, some inside scoop for us. So the the double secret, not so secret scrimmage yesterday with West Virginia and Dayton. Uh, there's already some things leaking out, so to speak, uh, you know, mentions of it on Twitter and social media and, and some out media outlets reporting. So West Virginia and, and Dayton, is there anything you have to report on as far as what the Mountaineers uh, looked like yesterday? I heard as much as you heard about it. That they, they, they manhandled good. And matter of fact, physically, and like throughout the whole scrimmage, and like really played hard, and we're all all up in them and de- defensively. And the word is that the defense is back, and like it used to be. And the practices I've been at so far this year, they're taking things away. They're not letting the ball reverse. They are playing hard as hell. Mm-hmm. And they're pressing. 
You might see Press Virginia again, to be quite honest with you. Mm. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about this team. What does uh, and let's go through some of the guys. Um, the return of Emmett Matthews. Uh, what does he bring to the table upon his return from Washington? Well, Emmett has the ability to shoot the basketball, and when he was here the first time. We ended up playing him at the four position a lot. And he didn't have to play the four anymore. He's strictly going to play the three this year. Or maybe sometimes play the two, to be honest with you. But he's shooting the ball extremely well. Uh, He is a great addition coming back. And he was influential in bring in Eric Stevenson, who's also from Washington. Mm-hmm. And Eric Stevenson's a transfer from South Carolina. Uh, real good shooter. <clears throat> and uh, it brought him back. Yeah, I know that I believe they grew up together, maybe played a lot in the same circuit out there in, in Washington State. Uh, along with Eric Stevenson, you've got Texas transfer Trey Mitchell. Uh, who started 17 games at Texas last year. He averaged nine points a game. Jimmy Bell, uh, this guy looks like a Bob Huggins kind of guy, 6'10", 285. Jimmy Bell, get this. Since Jimmy Bell's been here, he's lost 65 pounds. He has lost 65 pounds. Yeah. He is. He is like a... You can't stop him when he gets the ball inside now. When he gets the ball down low, mm-hmm. he is a man, man, man. Beast. Yeah, I mean, it's 6'10". Yeah. Finish, can really finish it. And we've been missing that for a while. It felt like there was a period of time where the bigs would get it down low and uh, yeah. just were not able to finish. And um, so for the listeners – uh, we got about a minute left here on the radio, but we will do. We're going to continue to talk to Coach Han in an extended form. So, for the radio listeners, make sure you go over and find the Touchdown City Show on the podcast. So, and before we take that break, Coach, um, what do you think the starting five looks like, and, and what are you expecting from this team? Ah, that's a great question. I think. Uh... Kedra Johnson will be the point guard. I think that'll be the starting point guard. This backup will be the transfer from Iowa, Joe Toussaint from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are going to be the two point guards. I think the two guard will be, uh, man, Eric Stevenson. <clears throat> I think the three man will be. Emmett Matthews. I think inside guys will be Jimmy Bell and Trey Mitchell. Yeah, it sounds like that's pretty much how I had drawn it up. We got the starting five, and, and, and let's go back just for a second. Last last season, West Virginia was sixteen and seventeen, um, four and fourteen in Big Twelve play. That was not the kind of season that Bob Huggins brings to to his programs he's never he hasn't had many losing seasons in his his career um you know what 
you know, I, I guess you can always say you have some d- addition by subtraction. And it looks and it looks like and sounds like so far he really likes this team and the players are saying the right things in the press. It seems like they are getting along as a group. They have great, great, great chemistry. Suggs loves the guys, and they are playing extremely hard for them. I think it is addition by subtraction. Last year, between you and me, there were some knuckleheads on that team, and uh, I don't think there's any knuckleheads on this team. I think this team really gets along, and they're very low-maintenance bunch of guys. They really conduct themselves well on and off the floor. I think they're going to represent West Virginia in a very good way. It's It was kind of, and I guess lack of a better term, it was kind of funny, you know, Coach Huggins does not, did not at one point like the transfer portal. And I feel like he's kind of, um, I guess, grown to it, to, to like it. Love it and use it because it looks like the guys that he brought in are a solid group of basketball players that can help West Virginia. And it's for me, and I'm sure even for you, it's hard to see these guys come and go and you have to re-recruit these guys. That's kind of a crazy thing. But when you use it, um, you can definitely uh, take advantage of of the portal and and help your basketball team because we've seen a lot of teams turn it around really quick um, over the past few years. Well, last year, Hugs was late getting kids in the portal. And he took a couple kids that weren't quite good enough. But this year, he had a lot of time for the portal, and, it, and he, they scoured it extremely well. They, he got really good portal kids this year. So, West Virginia on December the th- Third, I believe, we'll go back out to Cincinnati to play Xavier. Um, what uh, that that was an interesting matchup. When you saw that pop on the schedule, what what were your thoughts about that? Say that again. West Virginia plays at Xavier this year. Right. Uh, what was your when you saw that pop up on the schedule? What were, what was your thoughts? Well, that's an extremely tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Place is they sell out every game. It's extremely loud. And they're going to be in shape, and they're going to be real physical because our boy Andy Kettler's their strength and conditioning coach. Oh, okay, yeah. He uh, he was at Louisville and left and went back to Xavier, so that will be quite a recycle type job for Hugs with Andy Kettler. But Andy Kettler is making a, making a big difference at Xavier. Mm-hmm. Hey, one of the kids I want to ask you about, and last year when I came up to practice, watched him play, and, you know, he was impressive. He should have been a high school senior, and he was, uh, he was you know, going man toe-to-toe with, with Kevin Jones, is, uh, James Oconquo, um, for the kid, the red shirt from um, Maidenhead, England. He stands six yeah. eight, two, 240 pounds, six foot eight, and he's only, what, 18 years old, 19 years old? He's he's eighteen. Got way better. Yeah. So what what have you seen from him? I know they really liked him, but they wanted him to redshirt last year. He uh, really has gotten stronger in the year. 
and he rebounds the heck out of the ball now. You talk about a guy that's on the offensive class. He is probably the best offensive rebounder we have, and he keeps everything alive and runs the floor like a deer. He's a good player, man. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah, it seemed like he has a lot of upside. And again, last year when I saw him, uh, Kevin right. Jones was in town getting getting in shape to go back to Japan, and um, right. and they were going toe to toe. And he was, you know, he was banging with Kevin Jones, and you know that's saying something because Kevin's an NBA guy. He's a long term, uh, you know, pro in other countries. Uh, so for a seventeen year old at the time to be uh, going toe to toe with Kevin Jones, that was pretty impressive. Kevin Jones got 50 the other night. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that over in the Japanese oh. league. He gets 50 points, my goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, KJ, yeah. man, what a what a ball player. I mean, you know, yeah. of course they ripped him off for Big East Player of the Year, but uh, he's gone on to uh, have a hell of a career. He, you know, got some yeah. time in the, in the league and has had a professional career all around the world. So uh, one of the all-time greats for sure. And, of course, he was just inducted into the – WVU Sports Hall of Fame this year. Which I'll, is, tell you, I'll tell you, he's been playing really good for the Mountaineers. It's Javel King. That's a sophomore mm-hmm. from Alabama. I don't know if you remember him or not. I don't. I don't. I'd have to pull up their roster. Yeah, he is a. He has played extremely well, preseason wise. Has been shooting the heck out of the ball. I mean, really, really filling it up and playing, playing extremely good right now. So, between him and Toby Johnson, Seth Wilson, Jamel King, those three guys are all back last year, and uh, they all got better. They're all shooting the ball pretty well. And I just like this team. I think we're going to be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's just right around the corner, I believe. What uh, I mean, we're, what, two weeks away? Less than that? Yeah. So, yeah. it's here. It's here. So it's our, pre- our, pre- our schedule is brutal, but you look at our schedule. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do see where they finally have uh, let the guys go down to Texas and stay and do a couple runs that way this year. Right. right. So, at least yeah. they don't have to do all the back and forth. Exactly. Yep. So, Coach, well, first, uh, it's good hearing your voice, man. Thanks for coming yeah, on the show. Hearing, and, yeah, And, um, of course, I'll reach out here real soon um, right. and uh, get back in touch with you. And next time I'm in town, I'll come up and see you. But uh, thanks for coming on the Touchdown City Show and, and talking to us a little bit about basketball. I know our fans, um, you know, it's that time of year where you start to have that over – that they bleed into each other. So uh, we'll be going from the Coliseum to Mountaineer Field for a little while. Are you uh are you coming up for the football game on Saturday? My plan is to be there. Um I've got to check my daughter's schedule. She's she's right. a cheerleader now, so um right. I think they've got some cheer tournaments and they got some things. But right. as of this very second, I, I plan on being there Saturday for the game. Well let, let me know if you're coming up, I'll catch up with you. Okay, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Anthony. All right, thanks a lot, coach. Love you, dog. All right. The great Billy Hahn there. I appreciate him coming on the show and, uh, you know, talking basketball with us. It's good to hear from him. And, uh, of course, a longtime assistant coach with uh, Coach Billy or Coach Huggins. And um, it's good to hear his voice. Sounds like he's doing well. 
and had some good insight there for the for the fans. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have some more from the Touchdown City Show. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. You've been in an accident. It's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices, when you need justice. Bobby Warner, now's the time. Call 345-6789. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio with Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey, and the GOAT, Avon Coburn. I want to remind you, head over to sportsfanswv.com, use our promo code TDC10 for a 10% discount. That's sports with an S, fans with a Z, WV.com. Use our promo code TDC10 for a discount over there. All right, Michael Sussman, what you got for us, brother? Well, let's get to some more competitive games in the Big 12 Saturday. Uh, Oklahoma State knocks off Texas 41-34. to How do you th- see things shaking out at the top? That's a big-time win for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I watched this game. I don't. I was watching it opposite of West Virginia. I don't know if anybody else watched it or not. They called like 17 penalties on uh, Texas and zero on Oklahoma State. Kind of like that, though. I, I like that water. out of the Big 12. Uh, that's a huge win for Oklahoma State, and they're – probably in the driver's seat now for second place because TCU, in my opinion, they cleared a hurdle last night. They've cleared Oklahoma State and uh, Kansas, Kansas State. State. They have Texas left. They have a shot here. That might We might see a rematch now. Of course, I had Texas as a seven as back last week, so I guess we'll knock that down to a three because they have three losses already, so I don't know. But uh, that's a big <laughs> win for Oklahoma State, and uh, they they may they may finish here 11-1. and one. They may finish eleven and one with looking at the remaining schedule, unless the Mountaineers beat them on Thanksgiving. You know, Gundy, Gundy always has that team rolling, man. Man, he's a hell of a very well coach. Player. Yes. And then Kansas falls to Baylor, thirty-five to twenty-three. Does this make the Baylor win look better or the Kansas loss look worse? After what I saw yesterday, nothing can make anything look better. <laughs> That's, let's, just, let's just call it what it is. I mean, Kansas is playing with a backup quarterback. Uh, and and also Baylor played with their starting quarterback, so you might say, well, if they'd have had their starting quarterback, they'd have beat West Virginia. But I watched some of that game too. Baylor was up twenty eight to three in that, and Kansas kind of roared back, and then right. Baylor put them away late. Yeah, I like Kansas. I mean, you know, it's unfortunately uh, Kansas looks like Kansas without Jalen Daniels, and they look very average, and that just shows you the type of skill set that that kid had. Man, he was. Mm-hmm. He was special. I, I mean, I would sit and I'm like, I, what times Kansas come on? Yeah. Right, same, same. So I'm with you. I, I thought I thought that that meant, um, you know, that the Baylor win was, you know, not as good. But Kansas, that that loss to me again, without their quarterback, they they have a pass on that because I mean they came back like you said. And to me, Kansas Kansas is still a good team. You know, their quarterback once he comes back and he's going to need a game or two. And then they'll be back rolling again. Yeah, I think I think Kansas is still good. I'm not going to knock them for losing three in a row. I mean, it's not like they're getting beat 48 to 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dana Holgerson with a big time win over the Naval Academy. The Cougars winning 38 <laughs> to 20. Uh, how's it going for the Cougs? Dana, at this point in his career, can he get hot? Can he get going? <sighs> 
I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. When they fired Major Applewhite, they said eight and four wasn't good enough. I'm not sure what Houston's record is. I know they have at least three losses. So if eight and four is not good enough, this is his what fourth year in Houston. They're four and three in Houston since he's been there. He's been four and eight, three and five in the COVID year. He went twelve and two last year, and now he's four and three and cussed the fans last week. So I mean, I'm curious to see what happens to Dana Holgerson and his Red Bull. Yeah, they told Major Applewhite eight and four wasn't good enough. That's fine. If eight and four is not good enough, it's not good enough. So if eight and four is not good enough, he's gone after the year. And then a really cool headline, former WVU point guard Joe Mazzulla picks up his first win as the head coach of the Boston Celtics. I saw this guy in the old West Virginia State gym just five years ago coaching for Glenville State. Now he's in the garden. It's pretty awesome. What an amazing story. I mean, this kid was, you know, we watched him uh, body John Wall 12 years ago. Yes. Um, you know, he's tough. He's the – he's – He's young, so the players respect him. He's young enough to kind of connect he with might, them. There's probably a player. Blake Griffin's older than he is, and he's on the roster. Yeah. Because Joe's probably about, what, 30? He's 34. I'd say Blake Griffin's probably 36 now. And, you know, here's the thing. He's just gritty, man. Remember, he taught himself how to shoot with his other hand because, because he, 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 his shoulder was hurt. shoulder, yeah. I mean, just tough, man. And I think he's going to be a great football coach – or, I'm sorry, basketball coach – in the NBA. Um, we can I'm, try him out. We can try <laughs> I, I think he'd be he a good may, football coach, too. To he, may not need, he may not need a tryout because that Boston team is very good. I mean, they lost in the finals last, last year. If he goes out and wins a championship, he's, he it's possible like he gets a head coaching job as early as next year. Well, I think they would just retain him. Yeah. I mean, you think I mean, they get rid of the other go. guy and retain him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's They're possible. They're probably going to get rid of the other guy anyway. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? true. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know why. They, they should just fire him just, just to, to get it over with now. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. I said a few years ago, Hugs needs to bring in some young guys. I thought uh, the coaching staff on the basketball team and maybe got a little stagnant. And um, I was looking at Joe Mazzulla and I also was looking at Darius Nichols. And we missed the boat on both of those guys. So I don't think Joe would ever come back now at this if point. If you can get an NBA job, you keep it. You keep That's like an NFL job. If you get an NFL or NBA job, you keep those jobs. You don't have to recruit. You don't have to deal with kids. You don't have to babysit. You know. Well, I mean, you still might have to babysit a yeah. little bit. Well, well, these not, guys but the are thing pros. is, those are pros. They're paid players, no, so they no, can. No, 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 guys. You still babysit, but, but grown no. people. Well, you, you do. No, I'm <laughs> grown I'm, rich folks. I, I agree with that to an extent, but the thing is, is like, if they go and do something that's like, it's usually a league discipline. You don't have to even worry about it as a coach. Yeah, true. All right, let's get into it. West Virginia and the Texas Christian University Horn Frogs. What is that, the Gig'em? Is that their thing with the fingers? Yeah, Gig'em, gig'em Frogs. The Gig'em yeah. Frogs. Uh, West Virginia and uh, TCU, noon, Morgantown, homecoming weekend. Jeez. Right on. You know, all the, A lot of people are going to come home to watch us. All the frats <laughs> will be back in town. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be a fiery, fiery scene for about the first 15 minutes of the game. because When the band's out there? Yes. because what You I, better get there for the band because that might be the best part of the day. I am. I am. I've never done this before. <laughs> Uh oh! Um, oh my gosh! Never done this before, <laughs> but I just don't see us having an opportunity to win this game. And I'm a homer. Like I just you don't, are a big time homer. You I had West see, Virginia win in the conference. I don't see how we can get oh, this done. Man, I, I you really know don't. it's bad whenever Avon's off. <laughs> you know it's bad. Yes, like, when he's all, it's over. I mean, I don't believe in our defensive coordinator. Um, I think our our offense will turn around, score some points, but there's no no we can't we can't we can't play defense. So. I'm just going to say we're not going to win. I'm not going to put a score on it. Yeah, I don't even know what the score is going to be. I don't really care. I fully expect that this kid – what's his name? Uh, is it Duggan? Yeah. Is Duggan. that the quarterback's mm-hmm. name? 
Yeah, he may run for 100 and throw for 500 if they want to, or he might run for 300 if they want to. It just depends on how they want to win the game. I do think West Virginia will get some licks in. I think they'll score some points, but I think TCU's going for 50. West Virginia's going for about 20. So I'll say 52-24. Yeah, I, I'm not going to – listen, I'm – I'm sticking with you guys. It's gonna be it's gonna be Texas Christians Day next. I can't week. do it, guys. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Oh we gonna come gosh, back and oh, we gonna show no. up and win. Oh, we are gonna show. It, it's it's in my spirit. I can't do it. I'm we in first we gonna, place. You need to chill. No, we're, we're actually gonna show up and win this game. You guys are gonna be shocked. It's homecoming for us. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shock both of you. We meaning my WVU Mountaineers and and oh my goodness, it, it, it hurts me. I can't do it. We're gonna win this game and it's gonna be it's you gonna be, stick with your first pick. Nope. I'm we need not. a final score now. We need a final it's, score it's now. Gonna, it's gonna be forty eight to forty four WVU. That's the way they're gonna have to win. Bro, if they if win that's forty eight points. Oh, I think they can score a TCU can't stop the pass. I think they can score points on TCU. I really do. I just don't see them stopping them. Listen, after yesterday's display, I have Those lost two, faith. I can't in, do it. Sorry. Th- these two wide receivers for TCU are going to have a field day on our secondary. Let's be honest. They're going to feast on that secondary. Somebody's going to win the Blitnikoff We might see a 300-yard receiving game. Oh, man. That would be brutal. And we've seen it before. Yeah, I mean. We've seen two guys do it in one game, for one for WVU and one for Baylor. Didn't Mitchell and Stedman do it in the same game? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Right. Same team, right? Not Mitchell. Uh, what was his name? The TCU, whoever. Yeah, it his was. name was Mitchell, I believe. I think from it was Baylor. Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, the kid from Baylor. Oh, was it Bell? Okay, yeah. But yeah, we might see three hundred receiving yards if they want to. Well, Bay, uh, right now Derek's leading the way at five and two. Avon's three and four. I am two and six. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm probably gonna get killed. I, my record's worse than Neil Brown's. Go <laughs> <laughs> fire you. So listen, uh, before we go, I want to remind everybody on November fifth. We're going to be doing the Sugar Bowl Foundation Game Watch Party at the Cross Lanes uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Darius Stills, Grant Wiley will be in the house. We just launched our website this week, uh, sugarbowlfoundation.org. Shout out to my man, uh, Tony Romeo. Uh, he built that site for us uh, pro bono. Hmm. He donated it, it donated his time. Uh, I will more than make up for that. I will have gotten to find him more business. So we will share his information uh, through our social media outlets. It's a great site. It's easy to run from the backside. Um, you know, I'm not a webmaster at by any means, but he's made it really easy for me. But uh, so check it out, sugarbowlfoundation.org again, November 5th. And the proceeds will use that money, and I will visit the Davis Child Shelter. And we will also, um, prob- our goal is 50 kids, sponsoring 50 oh, wow. kids this year. That's our goal. That was big time. So we-, we went from 10 to 44 yeah. and 12, and I'm trying to just jump up to 50 this year. Let's so- do it. And then if we can get to 60 next year, you know, maybe in the next few years we'll get to 100. So, again, that is SugarBowlFoundation.org. Darius Stills, Grant Wiley will be in the house. Come out and check it out. All right. For the guys here in the Stone Church studio, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll see you next week. To hear more of the Touchdown City Show, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. The Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.